Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, we continue our series called Change Makers. Have you suffered a major tragedy that you struggle to recover from? Have you or a loved one of yours encountered a major setback that completely altered the course of your education or your professional life? How did you respond to personal adversity? If you have a story of coping with adversity or rising above your challenges to invest in other people, share it with us on Facebook or at facebook.com forward slash legacy dot legacy. If you are using SMS, just send us send it to one four two two across networks and we'll be glad to share it to the whole world. Our WhatsApp number zero two four four three four zero four three seven. If you've ever faced adversity and you had to bounce back, let's talk, let's share tonight as we hear the amazing story of Lily, a queer mentor who chose to put behind her her own pain and choose to help create opportunity for others. In our Ten Commandments segment, we once again collate the top ten lessons from Lily tonight. And so as she shares her thoughts, you can post any lessons you've learned on my Facebook page or facebook.com forward slash legacy.legacy and together we'll compile an outline of a book called The Ten Commandments of Lily, a queer mentor. But let's start with our scripture for today. And not surprisingly, it's about sacrifice or better still, it's about bouncing back from adversity. And so you want to post the chapter and the book on our Facebook page, the official Facebook page, Legacy.Legacy. And for the first person to post it on that page, I will give you a copy of the book, Zafnat Pania, which is also about bouncing back from prison to the palace. And so if you can give me the chapter and the book, the first person to give me the chapter and the book of the Bible verse I'm going to quote, will get a copy of the book, Zafnat Pania, delivered to you. Here is your quote. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. You've caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you have brought us out to rich fulfillment. Where can this be found in the Holy Bible? Just post the chapter and the verse on facebook.com forward slash legacy.legacy and I'm going to give somebody a copy of the book Zafnat Pania. Springboard is a thematic radio seminar committed to raising a new generation of African leaders and executives using this platform of human capital development. The broadcast is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy, your best bet for world-class corporate training and your superstation joy 99.7 FM. It is brought to you by the kind Ketsi of Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. My name is Albert Okran, and from now till you graduate at 8 p.m., stay tuned because your personal value will shoot up. Working with me on the broadcast are my virtual academic board comprising the Registrar Comfort with Ignatius and Matthew coordinating production. And so a couple of weeks ago, MTN added six heroes of change. These were ordinary Ghanaians who were working together to help people in the various communities and underserved categories of people and six of them were honored five in the categories of health education social protection one as a community crusader and one for economic empowerment of course we have the overall winner 
who was recognized last week on the show, Kwame Abrokwa Yinchira, the plastic surgeon who was our guest last week. For the record, these people have undertaken significant initiatives that have benefited humanity and enriched the lives of vulnerable people or underserved communities. The five finalists were each given 10,000 Ghana cities to continue implementing their projects. And from those five tonight, I have the pleasure of hosting one of them on the show. And it's Lily Equiamenta, who was the winner in the educational category. Lily's story is... A story of courage in the face of personal adversity. And tonight we get to hear her story as she walks us through the pages of her life, the challenges she faced and how she bounced back from them. I have a beautiful lady sitting across from me. Lily, welcome to Springboard. Good to see you. Thank you very much. How are you feeling today? I'm well, by God's grace. Good to see you. Right, so... I want to walk through the pages of your life and first of all let me congratulate you on behalf of springboard for being nominated or for for being a winner uh, in the mtn heroes of change thank you very much i'll find out how you felt on the day but did you did you have any doubts that you would win i was very surprised because it was a very competitive contest and uh, i think everybody deserved to win so when i when my documentary was shown i was very shocked and I'm still in shock. So let's unravel the shock and step back. Step back a couple of years. I mean, let's step back to where it all began, if you don't mind. And I know these are details that are, are very strong, very personal, but it helps our listeners situate your story and relate to it and walk the path or the journey with you. I know your story is one of somebody, um, a, a person who faced personal adversity, and so want to look at two turning points in your life where it all began and how you picked yourself up. So for the benefit of our listeners, let's start from life before the accident. Where were you working? I used to work with the American Field Service. I was in charge of organizing voluntary service for teenagers between the ages of 18 and 25 to do community service in various organizations in Ghana whilst living with Ghanaian families. So I was in charge of the community service program and then finding organizations where these volunteers from abroad will be working. So I was working there for some time and then I was on my way to work and then I had the accident. Where was this? This was in 1998 and at the on the motorway. Let's step back a, a, a bit before we come to the accident. Let's talk about work. So what do your working entail? What, what were you doing? Was it exciting? It was a very exciting job. I liked it because I was traveling all over the country looking for organizations, orphanages, and then children's homes for the children, for the volunteers to work. And I was funding, finding host families for them. So when they came, I organized, we organized orientation courses for them, then on the various subjects and then we try and then help them to adjust to the Ghanaian culture. So we had a lot of subjects that we were teaching them and then after that I had to take them to their various sites and then their homes from the north up to Accra. So, so it was you, different um, regions. So you met a lot of disadvantaged children around, around that time and you were working with these volunteers to help them. Exactly. Whilst looking for the organizations I came across a lot of children's homes and then some NGOs were taking care of children from different parts of the country. 
And then I met a lot of people who were working in these areas to help children to come out as successful adults. Right. So fast forward to the day in 1998, going to work as usual, great expectations. Going to work on the 21st October 1998, early in the morning. I leave home very early because I start work. I started doing my work up very early. So I left home, the usual, then took a car, and then I don't remember what happened next. So I think after a couple of days, then I asked where I was, and I was told I was in the hospital, and I didn't know what was going on. So I was there in the hospital. I was moved from the general hospital to the Kolebu hospital, and I didn't know what was happening to me. I was just on and off, on and off, and I didn't know what was happening to me. So I, I was there for about three months, and then October, November, December, I think two months. And I was discharged home, but uh, I still didn't know what was going on with me. And I had to be going for review, but I didn't know what was going on. So the doctor told me that I had to go through physiotherapy, and that after some time I was going to recover. And they weren't specific. It was just, oh, it's go- it will take time. It will take time. Everybody's like, it's 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 going to take time. It will take time. It's a gradual process. Gradual process. There's no time limit. There's no date, and it's just gradual process and gradual process. That was what they told me. And so, when did you r- realize that you will have to be in a wheelchair? I still don't realize I have to be in the wheelchair because I still think that there must be a solution somewhere. Right. So for me, I'm still waiting to be out of the wheelchair. Right. So I, I don't still, I don't take it that I'm in the wheelchair completely. I'm going to be there permanently. So I'm still looking forward to being out of the wheelchair. Right. So let's talk about your initial reaction. How How did you feel? Were you angry? Were you confused? Were you shocked? Were you asking questions? Walk us through, just for the benefit of our listeners. I've gone through all the emotions. I was angry. I was shocked. I was surprised. I was... All the emotions that you can think about. Um, I went through all of them and I was confused. I still don't understand what really is going on with me but uh, I had to try and then see what I could do whilst waiting for my complete healing. So that was how come I came out with the Share Foundation. So I am still in the process of getting out of the wheelchair. Work in progress? Work in progress. Right. I'll talk about support. I'll find out about support systems. And so was there a period when you couldn't come to grips with, with how to pick yourself up because of the career truncation, your career? Was there a period when you were uncertain about what to do? Yes, there was this period. I didn't know what to do. I was still thinking and wondering what I wanted to do, and I couldn't find what I wanted to do. So I still had to be thinking through every time, wondering what exactly I was going to do being in a wheelchair. So it was a period. It took a certain period for me to really come out to know what exactly I wanted to do as somebody who was in a wheelchair. How many years was it, was it between 98 and Share Foundation? Between 98 and Share Foundation was four years. So between that time, I was in and out of hospital. I was from the general hospital. I was transferred to the 
Kolebu Teaching Hospital. From Kolebu Teaching Hospital, I went to the 37 Hospital. From 37, I went to the Orthopedic Center in Nisawam. Then from the Orthopedic Center, I came back to Nabita Hospital. And then I was finally discharged home. So between that period, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I wasn't even certain what if I really wanted to go back to work. I didn't know what I, was, I wanted to do. So that, after that period, then I was thinking that, well, having worked with children for a long time and having a passion to see children come out as good leaders, I could channel my knowledge and then with my education, my, my diploma in education, I could teach children. So that between that period, after that confused taste, then Share Foundation was born. So in your heart, you began to feel that there was something you could give back, or there was time, something you could do. At that time, I thought I could do something. At least, if I couldn't go back to where I was, I could do something in my community, and I could work with the children that were in my community because I thought I could had something that I could also impact on them. Let's talk about support. Let's talk about people who, in, in that period of uncertainty, how did you come through? What kind of support did you have? Was it prayer? Was it people? Was it, was it your own sense of belief? What carried you over? Because for somebody listening tonight, I would want somebody listening tonight who is also facing a personal adversity to learn from Lily how, they, how you picked yourself up and what, what, what made you cross over, as it were, from the state of being uncertain, angry, to the state where you said, listen, I can do something. It was church and my bishop, Bishop Ishmael Sam, he used to encourage me a lot and all the church members of Lighthouse Chapel, Committee 8 Tema. They encouraged me. He always invited me to come to church. He was encouraging me every time to be in church, to be active in church, to take to take up duties in church. And every time he was on me to do something active. So at that time, I would say it was support from church. It was basically support from church members, all the people in the church. So the ushers came to pick me from home. Somebody volunteered to give me transport every time to come to church. So, so there were people who were picking me every Sunday. There were people who were praying for me. There were people who were visiting me almost every day. I had wow. a visitor from church. Right. So at that time, it was the church, Lighthouse Chapel International Committee 8. They supported, supported me a lot. And then friends, some loyal friends and faithful friends and some people from the community right and then prayer i was praying and then reading i used to read a lot so i used to read the bible a lot so it was prayer and then reading the word of god most of the time and reading motivational books right and so you have it there it's 20 minutes past the hour of seven if you just tuned in this is the Lily Equia Minta edition of springboard the virtual university my guess is Lily. she's walking us through the pages of her life how she overcame personal adversity and so for anyone listening out there who's going through a challenge and you're going through a difficult situation or you've done some or you something has truncated all your plans all the exciting things that you're doing in life and you're wondering should i pick myself up or should i just remain where i am what lily is saying is that in those moments she went through an emotional cacophony anger fear doubt everything you can think about but what kept her going was the spiritual support from her church her friends around her and her own consistently staying in the word, staying in prayer and staying close to the things of God. So you can write these down as prescriptions that can help you in your moments of personal adversity. Lily, it's interesting that you chose 
in your, for lack of a better word, in your resurrection, you chose to go to something you were familiar with. Would you say that the years of working with these volunteers helping disadvantaged children pointed you towards children who were underserved as a constituency that you could serve? I think so. I think moving from the different regions and coming coming across children from different backgrounds and seeing the kind of situations that they were in, it was also part of what motivated me to start the SHARE Foundation. And having worked with the children and then the youth, the interest was already there. So it was, was, it was more like it had added on to what I was already doing and then exposing me to more of the problems that the children and youth were facing in our society. So what problem is it that, 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 that touched you? I know there are several issues involved. Currently you are doing, you're doing scholarships, you're doing libraries, but let's start from the inception. What attracted you to children? What, what hits you the most? What hits me was the difference between the well-endowed schools and then the less-endowed schools. Children from poor background and then children from rich backgrounds. Interacting with them, you could see that they, both of them have the potential, but because of their environment. Some of them are not able to achieve whatever they wanted to achieve. And I thought if you're giving them the opportunity, they could also come out and become good citizens and then better people if they're given the right direction. Right. So you began to identify children and work with them. So I can just imagine, help me understand this. So you are a person dealing with your own challenges, believing God for, as it were, a breakthrough, trying to work your way back into the economic space, then you decide to help children who need financial assistance and support to go to school. Where were you going to find the money from? Where were you going to find the support from? How did you believe it could be done? That was a question I asked myself, and the whole thing was based on faith. Because I was asking myself, where are we going to get the funding to pay for all these schools for these children? But I believed that I could make it. I had the faith that it was going to be possible. I didn't know where we were going to get the funding from because I we looked from the initial people kits that we registered. I was asking myself where we're getting where we're going to get the funding to take care of them. But I realized that with God nothing is impossible. So it was possible for us to be able to take care of the children. So the whole thing was based on faith and then prayer that God was going to supply. So you stepped down. Let's talk about the very first scholarship that you gave out. Where did you find the money? The first scholarship was for 20 needy but brilliant students in Tamamaham. The board members, each of them contributed money, and we used the money to pay for the school, the school levies. We bought uniforms, school bags, books, and then the sandals. So each board member contributed some amount of money, and that was what we used for the first scholarship. And then we were able to talk to some people who were interested in helping children, and they also came on board, and then they contributed every month the members were contributing at the end of every month, and then some friends too contributed. So you, and there you, was you a got contribution a, you from got a board together. We had a board together, and they right. were contributing at the end of each month. And there was contribution from Bishop Sam as well, and from the church, and from the church. Some right. members of the church also contributed. Let's do some tallying. So between um, what, what year the Share Foundation started? Share Foundation was launched in September two thousand and five. Right. So the first scholarship was for twenty the first, needy but brilliant students. Within the first year thereabouts. That was the first year. Right. And the second year we moved to fifty needy but brilliant students. Right. So between then and now, have you collated how many people you've given an opportunity to in the educational sphere? 
we have given scholarship to 255 needy but brilliant students in junior high school. Then we have given scholarship to about 20 in senior high school and currently supporting to one in Polytechnic. Slow, slow, slow it down. I, I'm sure people are, people are taking the details bit by bit. These are very important. I, I, I'm sure you... I hope you realize the fact that you are an individual who, with a dream who is changing so many lives and we're celebrating you as a hero of change. You're saying that as an individual, picking up this dream and working with your board, working with your friends, working with your partners, you've helped 255 people get through school or scholarships as, at which, which level? Junior high school. JHS. Okay, so 255 at JHS, yeah? And then 20 in senior high school. And then two in tertiary. And currently we have 22 in primary, primary level. How do you feel when you see your, the beneficiaries? I'm fulfilled. I'm satisfied and I'm happy. Whenever they come around, I don't want them to leave. I'm always happy seeing them around. And seeing them moving from one level to the other. Seeing these children in GHS, how they looked when they were in junior high school. Then they moved to senior high school and now they're in tertiary. For me, that is my satisfaction. I'm satisfied to see them. Let me, let me take a very curious angle to this. Do you sometimes in the recesses of your mind think that if you had not suffered personal adversity, these children, forgive me, I know the question is a very difficult one, but forgive me, do you sometimes feel that if you had not suffered your own personal adversity, these children may not have been given life? Sometimes I ask myself why, and I, I wonder why this adversity and then why this foundation, and I haven't been able to answer the question myself. It's something that I always ask myself, that if I hadn't had this tragedy, would I have gone into this project? And then if this project hadn't been around what would these children have where would they have been but i still i still don't have an answer to the question uh, is, is every question supposed to be answered for me i think i want to know the reason why this tragedy and then this foundation and i'm still uh, wondering i still want to know the answer but for now i don't have an answer is it not enough that you feel fulfilled it's enough but sometimes i wonder on the flip side what would have happened so I'm still asking the question, and I'm waiting for the answer. If I don't get an answer, I think I'm all right, because I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm fulfilled. Who's the respondent? Who are you asking the question? <laughs> God. Oh. Ask God that. Why this, and why the foundation? So I'm asking God, and I don't have an answer now. In so own, maybe, in may, own time, maybe, maybe I'll get an answer. Maybe I may not get an answer, but for now, I'm fulfilled with what I'm doing. If you don't get an answer here, and trust me, you will get it in heaven. 28 minutes past the hour of... Of seven o'clock, this is Springboard, your virtual university. I'm having a blessed time tonight in the studio. Very inspirational moment with Lydia Kriaminta, a person who defied her own adversity or her own challenges and is making it happen for several different people. Lily was celebrated um, a couple of weeks ago as um, one of the winners on the MTN Heroes of Change in the educational category. I had the privilege of re uh, being part of the team that reviewed the work, and I was deeply moved by the commitment, the 
absolute passion that was being demonstrated. And you, you probably will get to see the, the video of Lily's work. I know you've seen it on TV, but we would upload it on our website just so you can see once again the details of how a person can rise beyond their pain and make it happen for other people. And she's telling us to, um, tonight that in the, in the moment, and she had an exciting life at the beginning, just doing what she loved doing and one incident changed everything and put her in a, a, a situation where she went through what I, what I call an emotional cacophony, different emotions running through her life at the same time. But she woke up one day and said, listen, I can do something and I should do something. And very importantly, I will do something. And that decision began a new phase of her life that has created opportunity for several other people. If you think that this is inspiring for you, share your thoughts with us facebook.com forward slash legacy dot legacy or if you can find my Facebook wall anywhere, just post it there and I'll be sharing it with the whole world. If you also want to send it by SMS, 1422 is the text number across networks. If you look on my Facebook page, you will see a picture of, of Lily with, with some of her children and she's giving us the statistics of how many people she's blessed and it's just absolutely amazing. She also mentions that in the period of her adversity or the period of her pain, what kept her going was spiritual support, the community support, her church standing with her, her spiritual leader being there for her. And very importantly, she also mentions that she found strength in the word, strength in reading um, motivational books. And she just willed herself on and said, it can happen. She mentions that in spite of it all, she still has very serious questions. Some of them for us here on earth, and some of them also for God up in heaven. And she's still asking the questions. All right, so on Facebook, these are the thoughts that are being shared. Sean McCorry says, this lady is a real angel in our time. May God really bless her. Emmanuel Oseusi says, I am so much inspired tonight. God bless you, Madam Lily Equiaminta. Amy Moore says, I see the breaking of a new day. God is making a day. Wow, this marvelous. Keep pressing on. This is marvelous. Keep pressing on. There is no reason to doubt. God bless you. So those are the messages for you from our listeners. Lily, keep believing. Joseph Kebby writing says that life is full of great opportunities to learn new things. And I, I take any of these opportunities not as a difficult adversity, but rather as things that add value to my life to meet the next adventure. He says, during the war in Liberia, I spent a whole year living in a car, but I used this time to rather pray for greater things. I later got a scholarship to study in Cape Town, and today I run my own business back home in Liberia. For me, there is no room to give up in life. That's Joseph sharing his own adversity in the Liberian war and how he bounced back one year of living in a car. Sometimes you think you're switching is so bad until you hear somebody else's testimony tonight lily is telling us all that why should we sit down to experience personal adversity before we look at somebody who can be helped lily let me ask you does it take a lot to help one person i don't think it takes a lot just a little any little help can be very important even in your community, in your own area, you could identify a child, a child, another, anybody in need. It's, you don't need to go outside. Just in your area, it's, you are able to help somebody. So it doesn't take a lot to help. It's just the heart, the heart to help. And once you have the heart to help, you definitely see the need to help. So it doesn't take a lot to help. The heart, the need, and the, the pocket. Heart, the heart, the need. And the pocket. And the pocket. Sometimes, not even the pockets, just a word from you can even encourage somebody, can lift somebody up, can motivate somebody, and then can change somebody's life for the best. So not just the pockets, even just a soft word, a good word 
can change somebody's life for the better. Wow. You know, people like you and Kwame don't get to always know the impact of what you're doing. I'm going to, I'm going to be asking you, those you started with early, when you see them today, the, the distance in terms of time, years, and, and what the transition, how, watching them, how it feels. But somebody is writing about Kwame, who was here last week. This is Siegfried Sopper, who says, hmm, my name is Siegfried. I was born with a cleft palate. That means that a, a deformity on the lip, I believe. But thanks to Operation Smile, I can also smile now. I am currently pursuing a, a degree in banking and finance at UPSC. And I just want to congratulate Dr. Broca for not for winning the award, but for the work he's doing, because I understand the psychosocial challenges it comes with and I want to um, appeal to the general public to support these great initiatives. Really, there are people who may never meet you and tell you the impact of your work. But there's somebody saying thank you to Kwame who was here last week. Probably next week, somebody was saying thank you to Lily. But let's, I, I saw in the documentary you showed somebody you started with earlier on who is now in tesh, a tertiary level. Just give us a sense of, of that person's story or that kind of transition. Watching somebody you picked up at the lower level come through at the tertiary level. Help us. Jonathan was in Jonathan Kwanza was in junior high school form one when we picked him. We gave him the scholarship from junior high school up to the senior high. Senior high school his auntie promised to take care of him. He got admission and then the auntie said she couldn't take care of him. So he was home for one term. Then he came to me and then we were able to support him through senior high school. Then he passed the senior high school to the tertiary level. Now he's in Kofodia Polytechnic. When I see him, I try. I remember when he was in junior high school, how he was and how he used to come to us every time, coming for advice and then support. Now he comes back from the polytechnic and I see the maturity. I see the change, the change from the junior high school pupil to the polytechnic student. He comes to me during the holidays and he does the work for me, some administrative work. I send him on errands and he's able to go and then do the work for me and sometimes we, we, we talk a lot and he tells me how grateful he is to us and wonders where he would have been without the support and he tells me where he wants to be after his graduation and what he wants to do for the foundation so I realize that I mean I'm looking at this JHS1 boy then suddenly a polytechnic student thinking ahead what he wants to do after graduation where he wants to be what he wants to do for the foundation and for me, that is a miracle. Because it could have just been like any of the dropouts on the street selling around. How do you feel when you see these dropouts? Do you feel angry? Do you think society has failed them? When I see them, I become sad. Because I think they could also be any of the students in the university. They could also become doctors, lawyers, judges, architects. But for some kind of reason, they haven't been able to get that opportunity to have to further their education so they find themselves on the street and i pray that one day somebody will come up and then try and then mobilize them and send them to school or let them learn trades for some of them i think they are happy with the money that they are getting i think they haven't had the education to tell them that if they went to school or they learned a trade that would be better than being on the streets because on the street they could go through a lot they could go through any calamity or misfortune but if they were in school they were learning a trade that would be better for them but some of them are happy with what they're doing so we just have to leave them but for the people who yearn to continue their education or learn trades i pray that somebody will come along and then help them fulfill their dreams do you see your beneficiaries as family 
I see them as my children. I treat them as my children. When they come, I give them the advice I'll give to my children. I try and then advise them to always stay focused on their dreams and not to be wayward, not to be comparing themselves to people who would would say they they already have. They should focus on their dream. They should be they should be persistent. They should persevere with whatever they want to do and not look at their friends. Just focus on their dreams and visions. Do you have an idea about how they see you? I haven't asked them. I haven't asked them. I'm yet to find out because I sometimes I don't want to know. I don't want to know how they find me. I, I think I'm okay with the, that if they come to me and then they talk to me. I think I can see that they have some kind of love. They are grateful from the way they talk. I don't really, I don't ask them how they find me. I, 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 I don't know. Do you, in your quiet moments, sometimes compare your life before your adversity and your life after? In I do. terms of significance? I do. Sometimes I wonder what would have happened if this tragedy hadn't happened, where I would have been. But sometimes I, I, I also think, well, I think... I'm making an impact in some people's lives, so it's okay. Whatever has happened, all is not lost. I've been able to use what I have now to help some people. But I still wonder what would have been if I hadn't had this tragedy, what my life would have been like. And I wonder. It's something that I've been wondering, but um, I'm all right. You look it. You sound it. And your work says it. Ken Kisi says this lady is marvelous. Adam Kujo says Lily is a woman with a heart. Keep on, Lily. We are still praying for you. I'm going to ask you about heroes of change. So you're you're there you're there doing your work, helping people with the woman with over 300 children, enjoying your work. Let's talk about heroes of change. The nomination. I saw the advert, and some of my friends called me up. They were going to nominate me. Then they called later that oh, Lily, the they had closed the contest, um, and I said it was okay. So somebody just called me and said, "Oh, Lily, I've nominated you." And I said, "Wow, wow!" <laughs> <laughs> so when they said the uh, the applicants were three hundred, actually six hundred over six hundred. I'm like, "Wow, over six hundred!" And I said, "Well, if you're over six hundred, I'm just leaving everything to God. It's it's God. It's God who will make it. If God wants us to be in it, then we'll be in it. If He doesn't, then it's okay. So I was there when I had a call that you have been nominated and we are coming to see you for an interview. I was shocked. I was very very shocked, but I was happy as at the same time. So the lady came and then interviewed us and said, okay, she was going to go back and then maybe get back to us again. So she called me up again and said, oh, I'm coming again to interview you and said there was going to be a documentary. I was very, very surprised. So I told all the children who came to the library that we were coming on TV, so they should get ready. So the date for the documentary didn't come off. So I told them they were very disappointed because all of them wanted to be on TV. They're like, oh, you say we are coming on TV. You keep on TV, we are coming on TV, and they will never come on TV. So finally, the day they came, then they're like, wow, they were very happy. So it was 28th December, which we were still in the Christmas mood, so... They came over and then they had a documentary. And then we were invited to the awards. 
So very at, at, that, at that time there were twenty people. We were twenty, and yes. looking at the work that people were doing, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is going to be very, 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 very tight. But I said to myself that, well, if we didn't win, we still had had the opportunity to be on TV for people to see the kind of work we were doing. Right. So the publicity and even the recognition was good for us, and we thank God for that opportunity because we wouldn't have had the opportunity to be on TV. But for the Heroes of Change Award, right? And you're, and you're here on Springboard. And I'm here invest. on Springboard, so I want to thank the, uh, the Heroes of Change organize, organizers and MTN for this wonderful opportunity, this very memorable time to be here. There are a couple of people that I want to celebrate on your behalf. I want to find out who nominated you. Christopher Ousu, he's in Kumasi. He nominated, nominated me from Kumasi. Wow! May the Lord bless Christopher Amen. and his family and his children's children. Amen. <laughs> Yeah. Bishop Ishmael Sam, if you're listening tonight, may the Lord bless you for the, the, the spiritual, emotional, financial, and every support. That is what a pastor is there for. You, you've shown yourself to be a true man of God. 13 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If you just joined us, this is one of the most inspirational shows I've had. Sharing the hour with Lily Equiaminta, a person who put behind her, her own pain and her own adversity to live out her dream. And the song I just played, Nobody Like You, Jesus. It's just a song I love to dance with. And it's from Pastor Edwin Dance Datsun from the album, the new album, My Offering. Let me remind you that if you have a teenager, a precocious teenager, a dynamic and self-motivated student in your home or in your community, another way of helping them is to help them apply for the opportunity to go to the Africa Leadership Academy. We are offering two scholarships to deserving students between the ages of 15 and 19. Really, if you have, if you have any, let them apply. They are participating in the July to August edition of the Global Scholars Program in Johannesburg, South Africa. It's an intensive 19-day summer youth camp for a select group of secondary school students from across the world. How do you apply? Just download the application form on springboard.com.gh Provide a statement with a limit of 500 words explaining why you are interested in the Springboard ALA Summer Camp. The statement must reflect the African Leadership Academy's mission and values and what you might contribute to the camp and what you hope to gain from the experience. Just one essay, simple. And then mail the filled application form and essay to info at springboard.com.gh by 6 p.m. on Monday, the 21st of April. The deadline is coming, and so please go ahead and apply. Just a 500-word essay. Alternatively, you can post your entry to PMB. KD43, that, that's private mail bar KD43, Kanda Accra, and it will get to us. For more information, just go to a springboard.com.gh or call the hotline 024 or 054-431-5163, and you will get the details. At the end of this show, I'm going to give you my 10 commandments from Lily. The top 10 things I've learned from listening to this remarkable woman. But if you want to, you want to speak to Lily, just call into the show right now, 0 3022162541 call into the show let's talk to lily going forward lily what is the future like for the share foundation share foundation we want to support more b- beneficiaries through the tertiary institution at the moment we have about <coughs> Four beneficiaries who have qualified to go to Polytechnic and then the university, but we don't have the funding to to take them to tertiary education. We want to build more libraries in deprived communities. 
we have currently we have three libraries. Tell me about the one in Temama here. Is the one that, 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 that we saw in the documentary? Are there a number of them? Yes, we have three of them. The, the third one is just about to be completed. We have one at Temamaham, one at Tema Community 4 Republic Road School. And the third one is at Community 8, number 3 and 4 Primary School. And we want to move to Community 22. We want to have one there for the children in the Community 22 catchment area. So from Community 22, we want to move to either Athenia or Pram Pram or Dawenya where there are some children there. So we want to have the libraries, if possible, in all the deprived communities in Tema and its environment. You've literally adapted the city of Tema and made it your own. <sighs> you can say that. Ten minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. Call into the show, let's talk. Lily is my guest tonight on Springboard. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name, where are you from? Yes. My name is Albert, calling from Nungua. Albert, tell us your perspective or your, 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 your statement for Lily. Uh, I have learned that when we are faced with adversity, we should look up to God. And I want to congratulate her for her good work she's doing. Thank you very much. Um, Lily, congratulations from, from, from Albert. I have Henry from Teshi on the line. Henry, good evening. Yeah, good evening, Father. Henry, your thoughts, uh, please. Yeah, I, I just want to call and encourage you to continue what he's doing. I think that sometimes when we live in a society and God, we have opportunity, we should make sure that we contribute to all the, those who are less privileged you know, in our society. So um, I just want to add him on. I just pray that God will give me the guidance, the strength to do more. Thank you. Thank you very much. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Our Frederick from Akusi. Frederick, good evening. Good evening. Go ahead and share your thoughts yes. with Lily. Yes, uh, I want to congratulate Lily for effort she's putting up, and uh, also to use this opportunity to uh, appeal to those who have so much, and uh, arm robbers are making them their target. So they should give out some of those they have, so that they can use it for the less fortunate ones. So that they can, uh, they also will not become an uh, robbers tomorrow to disturb uh, the populace. Thank you so much. You have a very interesting prescription to save yourself from armed robbers. Give out your goods to the poor or the needy through Lily's Foundation. Okay, Matthew from Volta Region. Matthew, good evening. Good evening, Rahab. How are you? I'm well by his grace. And you, Matthew? Yeah. Right. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, I want to congratulate the lady. All that he, he's doing. I also started here in a, a project community near who about 35 minutes driving. I sent one guy to school on our scholarship right house chapel. I spoke on to all the students to complete a school. So she's enlightening me. I will see her later. I'll get your contact and I also uh, have a, 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 an affair with her so that we can do what I'm also doing here so that we can be sharing an idea. Thank you very much. I have Yaobi from Mepe in the Volta region. Yaobi, Yaobi, good evening. Hello, Yaobi. Oh, sorry about that, Yaobi. Please call back into the show. I, I know you regularly listen to Springboard. Um, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. All right, I'll take the final caller and then I'm going to come back to Lily for her closing thoughts. But this is 
just an amazing evening here hanging out with Lily Equiaminta, one of the heroes of change. Lily, for those who want to contact the Share Foundation, is there a number that they can call? Is there a number that they can call to talk to the foundation? Let's get that number right here on air. Zero two four. Yes. Three zero three. That's the number to call for the share foundation. I'll take the last caller and then I'm gonna bring you the okay, I'm, i I just let me take the last caller and then I'll bring... No, I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Maybe let me share my Ten Commandments with you at this point. Lily, before I come to you to close, let me give you what I have learned from listening to you tonight. And you can call yourself a tutor because I've learned some very, very important lessons that if I was writing a book or your biography, these are the ten things that will be in it. So my introduction says Lily was working with AFS when an accident left her in a wheelchair and threatened to derail her professional journey and life as a whole. She found the courage to bounce back and set up the Share Foundation that provides educational scholarships and establishes libraries and reading clubs. And so these are the Ten Commandments of Lily Equiaminta. Number one, life has uncertainties. Life has its own ups and downs. Lily was ostensibly enjoying her job when an accident changed everything. Don't take your life and your health for granted. Number two, one incident can derail your entire life if you allow it so while the accident may have been physical the impact was mental emotional professional and probably even spiritual and so one incident can derail your whole life if you allow it number three emotional cacophony in your moments of difficulty you will feel a mix of anger doubt fear uncertainty all coming at you at the same time Number four, spiritual and relational support is key to bouncing back. She talks about the moments when Bishop um, Ishmael Sam and all this, all her friends from Lighthouse Chapel, Community 8 in Tema, and all those friends who call to give her support, family, and, and so on. And it just confirms that when a person is going through adversity, don't kick them. Gather around them and help them through. Number five, choose life choose life personal adversity will leave you with two choices either to wallow in self-pity or just to move on and as it were bounce back lily chose the latter and here we are today number six self-doubt can hold you down challenges and moments of loneliness can engender self-doubt and make you question your very existence but when it happens look beyond it number seven turning points are real turning points are real Instead of complaining about the things that upset you, decide to do something about them. At the lowest point, things cannot possibly get worse. At that point of greatest doubt, ask yourself, what next? And just move on. Number eight, start with the familiar. Start with the familiar. Lily had spent all her life working with disadvantaged children. It's not surprising that when she chose to do something, she set up an NGO to continue with what she already knew. Number nine. A little seed can grow to become a mighty tree. And so Lily started with no money in 2005, but till date, 255 GSS, 20 SHS, two tertiary students have benefited from her foundation scholarships, and she still has 22 primary school beneficiaries also coming through, and she's thinking of more of them. That is how a little seed can become a mighty tree. And then finally, you shall be remembered like David 
as you do your work thinking about yourself, somebody will mention you to the king. She was doing her own business, and somebody took the pain to nominate her to MTN. And here we are celebrating the work of Lily Equiaminta as a hero of change. So these are the 10 chapters of the book I'll write for you, Lily. Thank you very much. You, you, you like it? I'm waiting to read the book myself. Oh, isn't that sweet? I can't wait to read it. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. All right. And so if you are a ghostwriter, this is an opportunity to, to do something that will hit the whole world. I'm telling you. So this is the story of Lily Akiaminta. If you just joined us and you want to find out more about the Share Foundation, one more time, Lily, just give us the number. 02. 024 And our website is www sharefoundationghana.org mm-hmm. they're all in small letters sharefoundationghana.org right all Before, in small cups right so on on facebook the winner for the day is bobby lord you pro, you give out the scripture isaiah 66 verse 12 you give it first and you get to win yourself the prize lily it's been wonderful having you in 10 seconds you're closing thoughts to our listeners with god all things are possible if we trust in God, whatever we want to do, we'll be able to do it. Thank it, you. It's, it's been a blessing, a blessing having you. Let, let's say hello to your friends who came with you today. Their names, their names, please. So I can say good evening to them. Kojo Adakwa. Kojo Adakwa, thank you so much for coming with her. Ken Apiopon. Ken Apia, thank you for coming and with her. Ernest AJ. Kojo Apia, um, Ken and Ernest, thank you so much for bringing Lily. Yeah. And I know we could have done better with our access, but we, we're so grateful that you made time to be here with her. Thank you all for listening. On behalf of Comfort, Ignatius, and Matthew, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A. For free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed.